Welcome to Alphabet Scoop, episode 123. As always, I'm joined by Ben Schoen and Kyle Bradshaw. This is IO week, and it's a hectic mess that's still going on, so let's just jump right into Android 12 and Material U, because it's a lot. I think it's best to start with Material U, a... Google's new hyper-personalized design language that iterates on 2014's material design and material theming uh, four years later. So Google basically wants to create the design language that is, in a way, the exact opposite of material theming because they want the user to be a co-creator rather than the developer strictly instituting a strict design. It's kind of a weird uh, reversal, if you think about it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many brands allow this sort of thing to happen. Because for a lot of brands, for a lot of companies, that the the branding is, is... Oh, God. I lost the word. Oh, a lot, for a lot of companies, the branding is, is critical. It's crucial to them. It's it's sacrosanct, as it were. The, you're not going to get them away from the branding. But at the same time, apps need to all feel roughly the same on Android if it's ever going to have the sort of consistency that iOS offers. I don't think this is consistency. I I haven't heard the word consistency too much in Google dis- discussing Material U, which shortens to MY or My Design, which is pretty clever, honestly. Um, because cons- how do you reconcile consistency and hyper personalization? I don't think you can. I guess you everybody has the same app layout. Let's take Gmail for an example. Everybody will have four tabs at the bottom of the screen, a nav. Um, hamburger button in the left corner, a wrist view, that kind of stuff. But the idea of like letting users cus- change the colors depending on their wallpaper, it's it's honestly revolutionary in the way that uh, Matthias Duarte, when he announced it, he said something along the lines of, as designers, this is this might be a hard idea to accept, to give up that level of control. I think the word he used was terrifying. Terrifying. It is terrifying. It's when I say consistency, though, what I mean is is that the colors of your Twitter app should match the colors of Gmail, should match the colors of Slack. So I think it's going to be consistent in that sense that every app yes. feels like yes. it belongs to the user, but yes. again, not to the company that made it or the developer that made it. Yeah, I do. That is the thing I do wonder, though. Like. All of these companies have their design languages. Like Slack has a certain color palette, and Twitter has a certain color palette, and Gmail has a certain color palette. And what is it going to look like when they all look the same? Because they're all going to feel kind of less unique. It's going to be interesting to see how they still keep themselves unique. Yes, uniqueness. Because <laughs> brand, brands in the not any specific one, but brands are 
like the most valuable thing in the world, as any company will want to advertise. It's I Google said that its own apps would adopt this. They and I think the material design team has the force to enforce that. But I don't I don't know what acceptance of this looks like even internally or especially for the outside community. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting fight of uh, of developers trying to find ways to respect material you and also have their apps be distinguished. Like you recognize, oh, I know exactly what app I'm in because of some element. And mind you, this is from the company that believes it's a great idea to have all your product icons use the same four colors and shapes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if every uh, if every company tried to adopt that the same way that uh, companies try to adopt the like skeuomorphism and neomorphism of Apple's icons. Okay, so yeah terrifying thought in the leaks leading up to this we had seen that like icons on the home screen are going to change they're not going to google is not going to get that done there's no way in hell. okay if it does though does that mean google's icons are going to change which means these icons that already look almost identical <laughs> are going to now be all the same colors uh like but different from what they were used to Honestly, I was thinking that it would be more like everything would be a black outline with devoid of color. That's what I thought the weeks were suggesting. It, and it would all share the same background. This is going to be this is going to be interesting. But it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting, but I in like a total pessimistic worst-case scenario, what if this absolutely backfires in a way that causes the biggest third-party developers to be like, no, we rather take our premium apps or whatever to iOS because at least we can enforce our design language. Because well, the question is, is Google going to force people into this? Absolutely. Especially if it's, o- especially if it's only starting on Pixel. Because that's the thing; it's up to Samsung and all these other companies to ad- to adopt this. It is. I mean, there might be certain aspects that happen automatically, like if your uh, if your app uses transparency in its app icon, then like maybe you might see the material you color surfacing through there. But that's really minor. Otherwise, you're gonna have to. It, intentionally and purposefully implement these aspects of material you into your app I, I guess the core thing about material you that google was trying to sell was that end users want this that they want personalization and they, google definitely struck on the right point in terms of people loving their wall background wallpaper and changing it and all that but how much more do regular people want? Because, I don't know, icon packs have been the direction that everybody else has been taking in terms of customization. And 
I, I, I just don't know what people re- is there too much customization to the point where and people I- I- ignore that it's supposed to reflect the color palette or don't even realize what's like the use education there well I think the good thing about this is it's automatic um, you don't yes. you don't have to teach the user how this works it's just I, th- I think I saw in one of the hands-on videos it Basically, it gives you the option to do this, like when you set a wallpaper to have everything match. Um, so really, it's just they're going to set a wallpaper, see the option, say yes or no. And if they do, everything changes. If not, stays the same. Um, but I think there is some demand for it. I mean, just think about uh, when uh, iOS 14 came out and everyone realized that they could do you know widgets and... Uh, custom shortcuts and they were going nuts with making everything like making these different themes. Was that? Oh, that's, that's very. So I just wonder whether that was theming or whether that was like functionality. It was theming in the app shortcuts. Yeah, it was theming. Like people wanted, were wanting to make their own themes. I don't think that's as, uh, that has like lived on as like a, constant thing but there are surely plenty of people still doing that or as extreme as the direction google is thinking about but yeah that's the thing with like with ios trying to do that it was a multi-hour investment to fully do that for Mm. android it was already simple enough you know third-party launcher all that kind of stuff but now it's going to be baked in and it's going to be one tap so it, it's it's a thing that I think once people know about is something that at least a fair number of people are going to be very excited about. A nice reason to maybe buy yeah. a Pixel or something like that. Kyle, you had a point, I think. Uh, yeah, what, what I was going to say is that uh, as far as user education goes, the it's going to be as easy as Google putting in wallpapers. Like, they're mm. going to generate wallpaper that not generate they're going to have wallpapers that they know generates a good theme and they're going to say here try this here try this use this wallpaper see what happens Ooh, that's going to be know. fun wallpapers on the next pixel are going to mm. be fun the mandalorian set Oof. that's way too skew morph that's way too realistic <laughs> sure but it's good it's still gonna pull the colors like they people were uh they were doing just photos that people took and using that as a background. Like I saw there was one where uh, there was a girl uh, and there was a background, like she was facing away and there's a background and it pulled the pink color out of the back of her top. Like there's this one little strip of pink and and they used that as the accent color. So Mm. there's a lot of opportunities if they do it right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's Material U. It will be available on the web, Chrome OS, wearables, smart displays as time goes on. But it is launching first on Android 12 and the Pixel, with Google calling Android 12 its most personalized release yet. With Beta 1 yesterday, we got a lot of the visual changes, not the personalization stuff of Material U, but we saw a lot of the animation tweaks, the redesign quick settings, the lock screen, that kind of stuff. We've had, we've all had some time to with it. So, how are we liking it so far? 
feels good. It it feels good. Like it's not. It doesn't just look good. It feels good. There's still some some aspects that I'm not like the biggest on, like the the animation to pull down the quick settings and the notifications. It's it's a little wonky. I feel like it's just too instant. But at the same time, getting that information quicker is nice. There's there's little bits that they'll that they'll tweak over time. I don't know what do you think, Ben. I pretty much agree. I've really enjoyed using it so far. Um, I think the best is yet to come, though, because like right now we're just getting the look of it, but soon the features and the feel of it honestly the feel yeah um yeah we're getting the feel of it right now but all the good stuff is yet to come so mm-hmm. i'm excited for it yeah so yeah uh to dive onto the changes quick settings i am not happy with the fact that when on immediate pull down you only have four quick settings so it's just the previous six and when you open it, you you have eight, but arranged really blockery and taking up a lot of Okay, screen. I get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree. But I think this is a great change because it's dead simple. And that's something that helps a lot of people, especially people who are switching from a different device or getting their... F- getting a new device, something like that. Um, there's just, there's no thinking about it needed. You've got the icon, you've got the word. It's dead simple and it works. I think it totally works. Yeah. Uh, this, this making everything less dense was a touted focus of them with Android 12. And I, you know, it'll take some time to get used to, I guess, but, it's the dense, I don't know, I don't, phones are getting so much larger, they're, they're get, that trend doesn't seem to reconcile with this making everything, ma- making everything on the screen larger and putting less. It's absolutely simple, but, hmm. No, I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing in the end, because it's going to, it's going to take a little bit of friction away from, you know, obviously not from people like you or I, but from people who are generally just confused using devices, which is especially something that we've had to deal with in the past year. I can't tell you how many phone calls I've had to do with people just explaining simple device functions from people who are learning to use zoom and stuff like that. With this, it's, dead simple because they can just read what it is like it's labeled in Mm. clear english it's i can see how it fits the moment of that we're living in but I, i i guess in going into the future i i wouldn't doubt people's ability to become more technically savvy and maybe this is something that Android and Material U evolves with, but they're really starting at the lowest common denominator right now. And it's it's stark. It's just stark. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing is uh, every single Android release changes the quick settings. So this will change in a that year. That's very true. <laughs> Undoubtedly. So, yeah. Uh, 
I was going to say on the, on the the biggest crazy thing to me is that they they changed the power menu again. Like again. quick settings changes all the time. I get that, but the power menu again. Like we just got used to having cards and passes and device controls in there, and that was a cool thing that in, that pixels could do. And now it's just gone. Or <laughs> in favor of this of putting the doing the long press for the Google Assistant. It's just I don't strange. think it's gone. I think it's just yeah. not going to be the default anymore. Either way, it it's, doesn't make any sense. It does, because well, this is what the iPhone does, and this is what Samsung does. So, Well, it's going to be gone in terms of the long press. Yeah, it's, once you turn the long press on, it's gone. Yeah, that's... It's, it's going to be... It's all going to quick settings in a way that I think it would have benefited if they allowed more quick settings to show up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing so much with quick settings. And I, and I don't know if that was like something intentional or they were just working around the fact that they didn't want to... Okay, so now notifications and quick settings, they're no longer an overlay. They take over your entire screen. And I guess Google didn't want to deal with the fact that they had two screens like that with cards and passes and smart home controls. I guess that's the logical reasoning for that. I'm not sure. I mean, it does kind of change the, it definitely changes the dynamic. I, I'm really surprised to see that it is the way that it is, to be honest with you. Cause I, I really expected it to be, uh, I, I thought at one point that we, we were going to see the notification shade and the quick settings be, go underneath the uh, the main screen where you just slide the screen down, but that mm. uh, didn't seem to pan out. Oh, that's a throwback to iOS four or five when they when their multitasking was just a dock. <laughs> that's a throwback. So yeah, let's see. Privacy was the other thing. They have this privacy dashboard, camera and mic indicators, the ability to block the camera and mic again in quick settings, which, wow, they are really doing a lot there when you think about it. I wonder if they eventually need to do something with it again, which is part part of the course. Let's see. I mean, I think the dashboard's a great addition. It really does Indeed. combat the whole um, Android's not as private, especially because that's what Apple's focusing on right now. Um, and I like that they pointed out that Google apps are listed in this too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is the implication that iOS apps are uh, immune to the privacy controls of iOS? I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, iOS settings are a mess with the uh, whole, like, you have the system settings, and then you have that whole long list of the God, that's, apps. that is one of my least favorite things about iOS. It's that infuriating. Is... Yeah, because Don't Apple worry. doesn't trust third-party app makers to like do the settings well, yeah, themselves. Well, like, let me apps. just go on a quick little tangent here. You don't change your settings in the settings menu, like for an app. If you're trying to change a setting for an app, you're in that app at that moment. But I, Apple says, no, you need to go to your home screen. You need to go to your settings. You need to go scroll down this gigantic list to find the app you want and then to find the exact setting you want and then to turn it off. I it can honestly say I've forgotten what I was doing several times doing that process. 
I don't like it one bit. Tangent over. Zero trust. Zero trust. So, yeah. Uh, again, we've only had 24 hours, but so far it's fine. Uh, stable. Very. And all that. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. I, I still can't get into Google Home. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that's a... That's probably a me problem, but uh, nothing I do works, and it's been that way since DP3, though, so I don't think it's... Uh, I don't know what it is. I definitely feel like your device is cursed, and you need to reset your whole smart home structure, <laughs> and I will... My regards for when you do that, because that's going to take everything out. Yeah. Before we uh, jump into some uh, Wear OS news, why don't we get a quick word in from our sponsor? This week's episode of Alphabet Scoop is brought to you by NVIDIA GeForce Now. With GeForce Now, you can transform nearly any laptop, desktop, Mac, Chromebook, NVIDIA Shield TV, Android device, iPhone, or iPad into an instant PC gaming rig when you feel that urge to play and immerse yourself in a new or familiar world. With instant installs and no driver downloads, you can start gaming faster. GeForce Now is powered by NVIDIA's best-in-class GPUs and next-gen technology. You can access the most demanding PC titles and seamlessly play with whatever device is nearest you. Connect to your supported store of choice and stream your library. Since you're making purchases on your personal account, like Steam or the Epic Game Store, those titles will always stay with you. Join GeForce Now and start playing for free, or upgrade your membership for faster access to cloud gaming servers, extended gameplay sessions, and RTX graphics featuring ray tracing and DLSS tech. And just before the weekend, check back. And just before the weekend, check back weekly for GFN Thursday, Nvidia's celebration of the newest games and features streaming from the cloud to you. Head to GeForceNow.com/slash9to5google or hit the link in the show notes to check out GeForce Now today. So, as Android 12 wrapped up, they had this better together session, and reading that off was a re-embrace by Google on wearables and them investing in it and believing that it's something very important that they should fully put them Which it is. Which it absolutely is. Always (laughs) Always has been. But now the... They're talking the talk and walking the walk. Is that the expression? Yeah. But anyways, new Wear OS, we don't really know what to call it because there's been some mixed messaging on whether it's just Wear OS or Wear, but there is Wear OS 3 on the developer front. So I don't think Google's being explicit, or I'm not sure if this is a, a sign of them doing a whole new branding thing down the road when the first device is launched or whatever, but there's probably something there. So it starts with the Samsung partnership, Ben. So, yeah, Samsung has been significantly more successful than uh, Google in terms of getting smartwatches sold, especially in the U.S. Um, So clearly they are doing something right. Um, And as a result, Samsung is folding its efforts with Tizen into Wear OS to 
kind of help both parties. Google obviously gets Samsung's uh, expertise with hardware, but also it should help with their battery life efforts and other parts of the OS, while Samsung gets the Google Play Store and the much better developer community that's around Wear OS and Android versus Tizen. Uh, And it was actually reported beforehand that one of the big reasons Samsung did this was because of the biggest chat app in Korea, which was refusing to make a Tizen app. But apparently they were willing to make one for Wear OS, uh, which was actually, yeah. And it was actually confirmed during the, I didn't, I didn't catch it during the event, but uh, I saw the, they had a screenshot of the different apps on Wear OS and that, uh, I I don't know how you say it, Kako Talk or something like that was uh, one of the apps that is confirmed to be coming to Wear OS. Um, so that pretty much confirms that. I wish to be within that as a total tangent. I, it would be so interesting to see what being able to do everything to a chat app looks like for people living stateside. Mm-hmm. I'd be very curious to explore. But yeah, Samsung and this unified platform. Samsung is also doing other work on the developer side, Kyle. Yeah, Samsung is uh, actually working with Flutter, which had some big announcements. A new a, a new version of Flutter got dropped over the during the keynote. But Samsung's working to make it possible to make apps for Tizen devices, including the Galaxy Watch and the Samsung Smart TVs, using Flutter, which is really interesting because for one, it it speaks to Tizen having a future on the smartwatch or in smartwatches, Samsung smartwatches, which was something that we had been kind of questioning with their upcoming move to Wear OS. But also uh, that, again, reaffirming that Samsung's not going to be moving to Android TV anytime soon. It's going to continue to use Tizen. It, it's interesting that, uh, that they're pushing this, though. Like uh, Samsung is putting Flutter onto their smartwatches and smart TVs before Google has officially put Flutter on their smartwatches and smart TVs. Yeah, the you can't level of co- cooperation between the two companies here is it's surprising, honestly. Yeah, and it's been going on for years now. We're just really starting to see the the, the fullest fruits of it. it I think this is this has been building up since Duo for the Flip, for the Z Flip. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about devices, the other tent poles of Google's new Wear OS, again, call it, what to call it is still. Yeah. So uh, some uh, redesigned consumer experience, which basically right now is just being able to double tap a button. I'm not, I, I assume it's the top button to get back to your previously used app, which is interesting. It sounds useful. It sounds very useful to me. And Indeed, I, I think yeah. I prefer an app launcher. Well, it still has a, a recent yeah, it's, uh, it looks like it has both. So yeah, recent, it looks like it has recent. both. Yeah, the app launcher based on Kyle's hands-on looks like it has a uh, uh, recent Top section, recent views. Which, yeah, but that's not the same as as a, an app switcher in the actual sense of how Android lets you switch from one app to another and not just double tap to get to your most recent one, like you know swiping left or swiping right on your on your gesture bar, like that lets you go move back one app. But 
an actual, you know, the slide up and look at the apps that you have open experience would be. Yeah. And I can see that where that would be useful, but at the same time, how many apps are you really juggling on a watch at any given time? I don't know. Google's <laughs> pushing it for some reason. They're definitely pushing it for some reason. Um, the other thing is bringing the best of Google to your list. So Google teased a Google Assistant, a new experience, which everybody, at, which currently is slow. It's just slow, and you can't really do anything with it. There's Google Maps with turn-by-turn navigations that you don't need to have your phone with you. There is Google Pay support in more countries and the ability to pay for transit. And the finery is YouTube Music and the ability to download songs, which many people have wanted since Play Music went away. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, YouTube Music launches on Wear OS before uh, Spotify updates their Wear OS app for downloads, which was also announced during the event. Yeah. A few weeks, months ago, Spotify had that post in their forum about, what was it, Ben? Not ha- Wear OS, not having the technical... Yeah, that rings a bell now. I, f- I totally forgot about that. Um... Anyways, the, what the takeaway from that is they made that statement publicly, and then behind the scenes, maybe Google reached out to them to actually do something, or that public statement was made by the people who didn't know who were privy to the internal discussions that i don't know just seems like a slightly of a a turn it's even more of a turn looking at the actual statement i just looked it back up Mm -hmm. they called it virtually impossible because wear os is a big category that encapsulates many devices and man that is that (laughs) none of that has changed (laughs) oh that's so like that it's not like anybody's going... I don't know. I always feel like these restricted lockdown approaches have something to do with the idea that if you let people download songs, they'll take those files and pirate it. I don't know. That's You know, guys, Android consists of a lot of devices. I don't think a lot of them for <laughs> downloads there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, YouTube Music and Spotify app. That should be fantastic. And then Fitbit, we got a look at Fitbit experience. Um, yeah, so in in the little tidbits we've seen of the actual Wear OS redesign, because the emulator image only shows us so much, and right now it's kind of just a mishmash of different concepts. Um, but there are little bits that we can clearly see Fitbit influence. Uh, for example, there is an animation that Google has shown a few times where you can see step tracking and floor tracking and a Fitbit uh, celebration badge, a motivational badge to that you've hit your step goal. Uh, and it's just ripped straight from Fitbit OS, which... Yep, the Today View yeah. dashboard thingy that you swipe up on your watch face to access. I hope that's not an app. And I hope it's system in. I would imagine it into one of those. I would, Im- yeah, I would imagine it's a tile. Yeah. yeah, tile makes a lot of sense to me. That there's tiles are definitely what they're pushing the hardest right now. Like they they've completely revamped the home screen so that tiles are 
the, the central experience. You know, if you swipe left or right from the home screen, you're getting tiles and it loops all the way around back to your home. And I think that's great because it gives, it gives users choice. Like people who want their, the Fitbit information and to focus on their health tracking can do that. They can have it, you know, be like the first or second tile, but then the people who want uh, Google assistant and certain kinds of apps, maybe like a smart home app can have that as their first or second tile. So it's, it gives you choice. Indeed. So, uh, what, what does the device update landscape look like? Like so, in the short term, go ahead. No. in the very short term, it seems that, uh, we're go- going to get an HMR3 update to enable the third party tiles that is still based on Android 9. And that's, uh, according to Google, will be available in the coming weeks. So the, the, the fit Google's renewed Wear OS push should start with these new third-party tiles. But beyond that... Um, beyond that, uh, Google told us that uh, we'll have to wait until later this year to get timelines for current Wear OS devices, um, which you know doesn't really tell us much. Some devices could be updated, some won't. Some might not be. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Samsung did pretty much confirm that their older Galaxy watches will not be getting the new experience either. They'll stick on Tizen, and they'll be getting updated for three years from their launch date. Um, and then also uh, Fitbit had uh, explicitly said they're going to make premium smartwatches that are based on this new platform as well. To touch on Samsung a little bit, it's... I don't know. Of course, Samsung doesn't want to announce on stage that they're abandoning their current devices, but that's on on where Tizen is going. Sorry, on wearables, Tizen is. It's not long for this world, is it? Yeah, it clearly is not, which is surprising given the uh, Flutter announcement. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because like pe- people aren't exactly going to go out of their way to make a Flutter app for a television or even especially one almost exclusively for Samsung's smart television. Tizen as a platform yeah. must have some kind of future. Oh. I just don't know what it looks like. Uh, as Yeah, yeah, it's curious how they did that or going to do that. It's entirely possible that they still plan to use it for maybe like Fitbit style trackers because I think those do run a very cut down version of Tyson as well. Um, but it, it's it's confusing, but I, I don't know. I view it as a win. Tyson was a security nightmare and it was terrible for apps and pairing to yeah. anything that wasn't a Samsung phone. So I'm good with this change. Yeah, so well, OS. I yeah, I wonder when it's coming. Um, Sounds like the fall. Whether it's be- basically before uh, see, after no, Android 12. I'm thinking that it's going to debut with uh, that's with true. The That'd be so. F- yeah, there's no way Samsung's. I don't. I, there's no way Samsung's going to debut uh, the, these their first ever oh, first ever <laughs> their latest Wear OS running watches and have it run on HMR three. When there's this really cool platform that's going to have, uh, you know, the best of Tizen and all that. All right. So I agree with that logic, but (laughs) I I have another idea. 
they very well could do that for a few reasons. Uh, for one, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's no way that they're adopting the Fitbit uh, health tracking. They're definitely going to use their own Samsung health platform and just run it on this hardware. Plus, Why? because that's, that's what they want to use. But also, mm. but I mean, also, the, the hell... Even I'm coming back the that. current version of Wear OS supports the skins that we know based on reports that these watches are going to run. So it is very possible that they will be running the HM the the maintenance release three update versus mm-hmm. the new version and then just be updated later. It's very possible. Yeah, that's never promise that's never a promising experience to get an up. A major Android update of the box. So, to counter that, one, I'm pretty sure that the that the health and everything that's integrated into the platform is just a, a system thing. Like, it doesn't have to be Fitbit. It's just a system of Wear OS yes. that is able to be tapped into from other services. So, Samsung can use Samsung Fit and not have to use Fitbit because it's all just. Ha- Wear OS's health services. But more to the point, this newer Wear OS is supposed to be getting the best of Tizen, which is something that we've that's been only vaguely referred to so far. But two things that we've really nailed down as being things that Google or that Samsung is bringing over to Wear OS from Tizen is uh, support for Samsung Samsungy things like the rotating bezel of the Galaxy Watch series. And reduced power usage for the health sensors, which is one of the things that Tizen's really nailed down is one of the reasons why Tizen watches are able to last for days at a time versus the 24 to 36 hours that a Wear OS watch can get. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with the logic, but I really don't see uh, Samsung saying, yes, we're going to use Fitbit software. That's what I'm saying. They're not, they don't have to use yeah. Fitbit software. So we'll see. I think it's totally possible yeah. to launch on uh, on on Android nine. Meh, <sighs> it would suck, but it's possible. So yeah, that's well. That was the second big announcement, at least consumer announcement. We have a grab bag of stuff. Um, Android Auto uh, announced availability on hundred million cars. They said that wireless. Android Auto is going to be more prevalent and available. We, at Android 12 also has a digital car key feature, which can use NFC or ultra-wideband, which, as it's coming to Pixel and Samsung devices this year, we assume that uh, the Pixel is definitely going to have UWB at this point. And on the Android Auto Motive front, we Google shared some more more than ten cars are going to be finally available with it, and they shared some skins. There are some Google TV news as well. Uh, yeah, so Google announced that they have uh, eighty million active devices, uh, which is not a direct comparison to like Roku and Fire TV, since those metrics are based on accounts. But it's great growth. Uh, from just a year ago when that number was about 50 million. And a lot of it was apparently in the United States. Uh, They also announced the Android 12 T 
TV developer, uh, sorry, beta will be available on ADT3 uh, as of this week. Uh, and also they are going to replace the Android TV remote app that has been in the Play Store since 2014 and hasn't been updated since 2017. Uh, it's going to be on Android 11 and Android 12 devices. It will be a quick settings tile that you can click and then you get your remote. On older Android phones, it will be within the Google TV app. And then on iOS devices, it will be within the Google Home app. So it's a little messy, but regardless of where you, uh, you know, what device you're using, you're going to be able to use this new Android TV remote app. I can say iOS is a nice touch. I'm, I'm really glad uh, yeah. you're doing that. Because, I was uh, so surprised they didn't announce it uh, at first. Like I had to ask them about that. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we're, I, this is a Google home because I live here, let's be honest. But uh, my wife uses an iPhone and uh, I think that there could be a scenario where she may want to do that. So that's, that's really cool and uh, thoughtful. And it makes sense too, because the original Android TV remote app is on iOS. It's just woefully out of date. (laughs) Just like the one on Android. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the IO was just to put very quickly, aspirational AI stuff. Well, there was some concrete stuff at Google Maps, letting you access live view to just explore the world. There was a big privacy push in a delete button for your last 15 minutes of search and a locked folder for Pixel on Google Photos. One cool feature was using duplex and assistant to change your stolen passwords in Chrome. And there was this whole future of work stuff, which manifested, which started and ended the keynote. But um, it started with basically Google Docs adding a bunch of collaboration features as part of this smart canvas push. And it ended on Project Starline, which basically takes video calling and adds augmented reality to it. That would have been such a cool physical I.O. demo. Like uh, they put up two boots in different mm. tents and then you just switch people Yeah, that out. would have been pretty great. That would have been fun. Reminds me of the uh, the Google Nest Hub Max calling demo that they had at uh, I.O. 2019. Yeah, no hardware. There was no hardware at Google I/O. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that's an interesting uh, change from years past. Like, uh, in had twenty twenty not happened uh, and shaken up the Pixel release schedule, I would have expected twenty twenty. God, what years it now? Twenty twenty one. I would have expected I/O twenty twenty one to be the home of or the launch date of the pixel 5a but now that's completely out of whack because of uh 2020 i think the the a series is going to be pretty well locked into that august ish window now yeah the a but i they probably i don't know where you would have found the time during that two-hour keynote just packed to to do uh, hardware announcements but yeah how was this virtual I.O. for 
how is this virtual IO? Exhausting. Besides, no, it was it was exhausting. Honestly, like the two hours went by very quickly. Yes, though the second hour was definitely much more packed than the first hour. Yeah, and that made for some interesting pacing. Yeah, the first hour was really important to show Google's commitments and priorities, though. Like, they weren't showing the shiny thing first. They were showing, hey, this is serious. Like, you know, privacy is really important to us. The environment is really important to us. You know, pay, take, take notice of these things. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to these things. Look at how we're doing AI respon- responsibly, which is really important given all of the... <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Also, Michael Pena was there. That was fun. Yes. They obviously saw the movie name and then Quantum. You know, that crossed my mind, but I didn't give it that much thought. That was the only reason he was there. That's hundred percent. They thought it would be cool, and then eh, hey, I don't there. care. It was fun. I enjoy. Like it was a nice little kind of took you out of it for Moment a second, just to enjoy it. Ab- absolutely. absolutely. It's crazy that they did that live mm-hmm. too. Like they had that that whole segment with Michael Pena was live. The, the whole thing was like there was only one like random pause where someone like forgot their line the whole time. That was incredible. Yep, a lot of coaching and worked out for the best. So, yeah, that is IO 2021. I'm sure we'll have some much, a lot more follow up to talk about later uh, in the weeks to come. But until then, you can tune into Alphabet Scoop here every week. We record and publish on Thursdays. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and you can listen on our site at 9to5google.com if you wish. Thanks for tuning in as always, and thanks to Kyle and Ben for joining me. We'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.